1: Hide your kids, lock the doors, you're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast, Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts, complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark, buckle up boys and girls, it's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Hey, it's Chad, and today we have a special edition of the Chad and Cheese Podcast for you. That music can only mean one thing, a Swedish twist, as Sarah Dosfeld, head of and community over at Adway, invited Joel and myself to come on her show to talk about building a TA powerhouse through tech, automation, and revenue growth. That's right, revenue growth. With over 1,800 people registered for this show, Joel and I knew that we had to bring the heat. So we did. Enjoy.
2: Good morning, good evening and good afternoon from Sweden and welcome to this month's live stream with Adway on the topic, build your TA powerhouse with tech, automation and showcasing revenue growth. We are finally back and we have over 1800 signups, so we'll give you everyone a couple of minutes to get settled. And in the meantime, if you're excited, fire away with emojis, show your energy and let us know where you're tuning in from. For anyone that's new, my name is Sarah. I'm a part of Adway and we do automated social recruitment marketing, enabling a 24-7 storytelling experience in social media to attract your most desired candidates fully automated while leaving the bias out. Now, everyone, for the moment you've been waiting for, the coming 30 minutes will be a game-changing livestream featuring the ultimate disruptors of TA. They fearlessly challenge the status quo in recruitment, boldly embrace cutting-edge TA strategies, and relentlessly advocates for the power of TA to drive business success. So this is your moment to learn from the trailblazers who are shaking up the industry and transforming the way we approach talent acquisition. I introduce to you, ladies and gentlemen, the most requested guests of the show, the cheesiest TA duo, Chad and Cheese, AKA Chad S and Joel Chishman.
0: Pleasure to be here. Did Did you say 1800?
2: I said eighteen hundred. Yeah, that's, what do you that's think? That's a lot of
0: unemployed, unemployed recruiters that have time. <laughs> didn't this.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome! Game to the changing,
0: Chad. That's a lot of yeah. pressure.
2: Yeah, how about Oof. that intro, guys? Like that sets the scene, right? Yeah, no
0: that
1: age. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. We're, we're here to be,
0: underperform and overpromise. Yeah.
1: You should, you should be our hype girl. That's for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah,
2: hundred percent. Here's a and nightclub, before- by the way. Yeah. Before we jump into the intros about you guys, let me just remind everyone watching live with us that if you comment summary, you'll be sent the full summary with all the key takeaways and the recording. So bomb away in the comment section if that is in your interests. So, Jewel and Chad, you've been the North Star for TA for years, at least Adways and mine. Um, But for anyone who's new to you, can you tell us how you're changing and disrupting the industry of TA and what you're doing to help us get even smarter and wiser?
0: It's a low bar for disruption. That's (laughs) That's how we do
2: it. Oh, no, no, no.
0: I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll let Chad, uh, I mean you can see both of our bios everywhere uh, online obviously a lot They're of people are connected on linkedin to us but i mean we're just old guys that have been around and and have history yeah we're old chad sorry uh and we have perspective we've seen a lot of stuff we can bring historical context <laughs> to what's going on which helps you predict the future which gives you the ability to sort of analyze current things in a way that a lot of people that have been in the industry for just a few years don't have <laughs> Uh, I think we're lucky enough that we have some chemistry, whether it's a grumpy kind of old guy (laughs) chemistry. I don't know. Uh, We definitely have a face for podcasting and uh, just kind of on a whim and both of our wives telling us to do something with our lives. We bought a couple mics and uh, started a podcast and here we are six years Here later believe it or not yeah.
1: we are well and i mean and we don't report to anybody so we don't have bosses <laughs> other than our wives and uh so we're not afraid to say what everybody else is thinking and that's a problem with 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 our industry mainly is that you know we we think a certain thing but we're afraid to say it because of being pc or whatever whatever the the guideline is right so it's it's speaking truth to power. A lot of times we see a lot of stupid shit that happens in the industry and everybody points at it, but nobody says anything. Mm. It's our job to say something. So we have people that now, I mean, almost like insiders at many organizations who help us to be able to dig up what's actually happening in some of these, some of these situations. So uh, it's, it's been a blast. I mean, our, our, yeah. our, our following has been really a cult following. They wear t-shirts, they, they get, we, we send them booze, we yeah. send them beer. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is, this is about what we feel Two two middle-aged white guys feel like the industry needs, we need truth. And, so we try to bring it, you know, we do our best, put it that way.
0: And honestly, it's it's as rewarding for us as hopefully our listeners that, that yeah. do listen. Uh, the fact that we're on uh, a video call with Sweden from <laughs> our homes in Indiana to the rest of the world is just a fascinating thing uh, to sort it's of peaking. digest.
2: It's peaking, guys. <laughs> but it's,
0: it's, a, it's an honor to do what we do, frankly. And, and there's probably even more joy in, in what we do than the people who listen and, and love our yeah. show.
2: And I'm happy to say that that honor is all also ours. Like we've been following you since day one of Adway. We're just a five-year-old company, though. But I mean, the way you are approaching and like just not because I mean we love talking, right? It's an industry with a lot of talks, a lot of seminars, a lot of sit-downs, a lot of roundtables. But you actually, you guys are like you know demanding action, and I love that. That's what we love about you guys as well. So that takes us into today's topic, where we're sort of gonna describe the ultimate way of building your TA powerhouse. <clears throat> is like utilizing automation tech and, of course, showcasing revenue growth. So if I were just like straight up asking you, like, what is your recommendations on how TA can and should build the most resilient TA setup built upon these three factors? What would your short answer be?
0: Uh, so pe- we get asked this a lot. Um, A little historical perspective, like I mentioned uh, in in my intro there, you know, this game used to be pretty simple. Mm -hmm. It used to be post some jobs, where do I post them? Well, okay, here's some good places where you can do that. Okay, they go into a little ATS, you interview them, schedule some shit. I mean, it was pretty straightforward. Um, and, and your options were pretty limited in terms of your strategy day. It's so fucking confusing. Uh, I mean, Chad and I, I'm sorry. Can you F bomb on this show? I guess I just did. No just matter did, what. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, my LinkedIn profile is now gone apparently. Um, no, but everyone wants like a silver bullet mm. for Chad and I to drop on them. That's going to solve all their problems. And mm-hmm. there is no silver bullet to solve all their problems. It's, it's very custom, it's very localized, it's very business specific. Now, there are great tools out there like G2, your own network. Obviously, there are podcast blogs, you know, YouTube channels all over the place talking about this stuff. But you have to do your homework, you have to do your due diligence to find the tools that yeah. are going to work best for you. I think for me, <clears throat> the tech stack and being successful really goes back to three things. That if you don't have these foundational pieces, it doesn't matter if you do have a silver bullet. It's 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 ultimately going to fail. And one of those things is simply treat people like human beings. Um, we treat people so often as as uh, you know resources. We're ghosting people. The application process sucks. So I mean, just treating people well is number one in the in the mission here. Um, number two is. Pay them well, uh, treat them well, pay them well. We're fortunate, at least in America, where pay transparency <laughs> is is trending, yeah. and your inability to not tell people what you're paying them uh, is is quickly going away. So, paying them a good wage. And number three is giving people hope. You know that they're not stuck where they are; that they can move upwards. Um, you know, upskilling is a huge topic on our show. Mm-hmm. But if people feel like they're in a dead end, you know, go nowhere opportunity. They're going to leave so if you don't have treat people well pay them well and give them hope it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how good your technology is it's going to fail
2: yeah absolute foundation yep
0: yeah
1: and joel in doing doing the homework that's what we we at least help uh organizations do their homework or at least start to look in different areas where they should they should be be smarter they should be focusing and, and in our industry we we set up systems that last for years and that is wrong.
2: Yeah. We
1: need to be fluid. People are fluid, the market's fluid, everything is fluid, but yet we buy a piece of tech and we just let it sit there and fester. And it, then it's an it becomes an open wound and then we point at it and say we have shitty tech and it's and it's the vendor's fault. No, it's not the vendor's fault. Hmm. If you didn't do your due diligence up front, number 1, and understand the capabilities of the tech, not to mention also roadmap in those types of things, major due diligence. And then if you just let it sit there yeah, and you didn't provide the, the fluidity, right? Mm-hmm. Th- then, then that's a huge problem. And then, you know, how do we pay for it? We've got today, you know, we, we used to have an applicant tracking system and job boards, now that was it, right? Today mm-hmm. we have so many different point solutions, so many different versions of tech stacks and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, then we have to be able to, to really understand business to pay for these things. Right? We can't just do business and, and sit back like Oliver Twist and wait for more and wait for more fucking gruel because it's not going to happen. We we have to be the business drivers. We yeah, yeah, not not yeah. not sales, not marketing, not we love, have to be. Love this. Love
2: this. And and so many are also like just accepting the inherited tech setup. Like we've inherited this. This is the system now. Yeah. yeah. No. You have to question that each day. Love it. And you guys, we as passionate we as we are, let me just jump into the first question where I'm like, really want sure. your feedback. So uh, if we start around like implementing automation in the recruitment process, I would just like to point out, yes, there's a lot of talk of the rise of AI and automation in recruitment. Companies are looking to streamline their hiring process while improving the digital candidate experience. So my first question would be, how would you say, to most successfully implement automation in recruiting, including best practice uh, selection in implementing st- technology and strategies for integrating automation into the existing workflows. So again, we sit with a lot of ERP system, open APIs, but where do we begin? due diligence was really good.
0: What a very Swedish question in like eight <laughs> different parts. Um, sorry remember we're americans keep it simple that's, it that's simple. how he asks questions whatever yeah, keep it simple. <laughs> um yeah i i love i love the term streamline uh hiring which basically to, means to me is companies are trying to find ways to get rid of you recruiters mm. um it's all over the news yeah they they would like to do it you can argue whether they will or not um i would argue that there are certain processes which which will be automated I think where it becomes important is the augmentation part. You as you as a recruiter, um, look at look at your skill set, and if you think that your skill set can be replaced by automation, then you're not going to be in the recruiting profession for a very long time. However, if you learn to use the technology in a way that other people cannot, in other words, augment your current skills with technologies that are going to make you in in a certain way, RoboCop, which is dating (laughs) us, because that's a movie from the 80s, where there's like half robot, half cop is uh, patrolling the the mean streets of Detroit. Um, That's how you're going to be successful, uh, is learning how to augment your current skill set and work within that. I think there are going to be a lot of specialists, you're going to have people that are really, really good at, at, you know, a certain vendor technology or a certain function or strategy. Think of like sourcing from Mm. back in the day. There are going to be people that learn how to use chat GTP in unique ways that no one else knows. And those people are going to have jobs um, in the future. So I would just, to answer your question, I'll I'll pass it on to Chad and we'll, we'll keep going down this road. But I think it's important to know that you're in a profession where you're, they want to replace you. They look at you as a cost center. And we'll talk about that as, as to why mm-hmm. you're not and how to, how to justify your existence. But mm-hmm. by and large, companies, you're kind of a pain in the ass and you're a cost center. So you got to find ways to prove yourself as a, as a money making machine and someone that's indispensable if you're going to survive in the future.
1: Yeah, I remember when Windows 3.1 came on the market, that was much like, like it, it, what we're talking about today. Recruiters needed to learn the new word processing and, and then get on the Internet. This is nothing that's, th- that's new, kids. We've been doing this since day one, right? These are just new pieces of technology. These are tools. And you have to remember that recruiting in itself is a job full of many tasks. Most of those tasks, maybe not most of them, but a good amount of those tasks are pains in the asses. They're administrivia. They're just they're dull. It's horrible. Now, taking some of those tasks and being able to automate those tasks so that we can actually give the humans more time to provide white glove services, that is where we should be moving so the fluidity of yesteryear and today it's the same it's just we just have different names for the tools right yeah yeah now when we're we're talking about integration and process methodology and those types of things if you haven't blown up your entire process re-engineered your process and then started shopping different um solutions point solutions and building your tech stack what the hell are you doing fire yourself Okay. (laughs) Fire yourself right now. If you were still thinking in the same process methodology that you were 18 months ago, then -hmm. you're not doing your job. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to being able to to build these new stacks, fluidity is everything. And again, we can't think of 18 months ago. We have to think about today and tomorrow. How do we Mm -hmm. put something in place? that can be fluid um, to to build for our next need, because our need tomorrow is definitely not going to be our vital needs of today.
2: Quote, love it. And technology disclaimer, what I always like come back to is in TA, you don't have to be an AI expert. You don't have to be a data engineer. You don't have to be like a coder, but you have to be tech comfortable. Yeah. Let that sink in. That's a total difference. But tech comfortable means you know the questions to ask. You know the processes. You've been in Excel.
1: Yeah. You've
2: built it. And you know and what you are looking to augment to quote And you're you. not afraid and
0: to ask. That's the, the big key
2: yeah, here, right? Yeah. Don't act yeah.
1: like you know and when they, you don't. They,
0: no. they play they play hockey in Sweden, right? Pretty popular <laughs> yeah. sport. So a, a guy named Wayne Gretzky, who probably everyone on the call knows, has a great yeah. quote. Don't Canadian. go where the puck is. Go where the puck is going. Uh, yeah, Chad's got a great point with Windows 3.1. Uh, but Windows 3.1 didn't write job descriptions like Chat GPT does. So wher- yeah. whereas tech does stay similar in some ways, there is tech that does things now that's quite frankly a little bit mind blowing. Um, mm. frankly, not since like search and email and mobile stuff have have <laughs> I been personally as impressed with with the opportunity that this technology has. So um, there's an element of like you know things. The more things change, the more they stay the same. But also be be aware of where the puck is going and mm. going where the puck is will help you keep your job and be successful
2: 100%,
1: 100% Okay listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait. The chat and cheese has a new LLM.
0: No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about Text Kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously, Text Kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh my god, really? Nacho references already. Anyways. Uh. TextKernel
1: brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies
0: and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about... Extracting meaningful insights from data. I mean,
1: that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources?
0: Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that.
1: Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit... Textkernel.com That's T-E-X-T K-E-R-N-E-L dot com mm,
0: Nachos
2: <laughs> Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. And just a reminder to everyone on the live stream if you st- you know keep commenting summary, you will access all these key takeaways and the sources mentioned in this live stream. So keep on Game bumping- changing te- takeaways yes. is what we're Game changing here. takeaways. Game keep pumping in the comment section. (laughs) Um, Moving on, if I were to continue uh, and ask how to leverage, though, the data-driven recruitment processes, and what I mean is data analytics is massively helping companies optimize the recruitment strategies, not like, you know, Change out any recruiters, but optimize the better funnels for making better hiring decisions. You know, at the end, could you guys discuss with us how to leverage data to identify talent trends to measure the uh, effectiveness of recruitment campaigns and improve the candidate engagement?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have transparency today through data that we've never had before. Back in the day, we right. talked about big data. The problem was with big data, is we didn't have the processors to be able to break it down like we do today to be able right. to provide uh, the 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 insights and the visualizations that we have. Right. Mm. So the the biggest key is is this is market research that is specific to your organization. And the individuals who are engaging your organization. So, this is incredibly important. Not to mention, you take that data, and then what we were just talking about AI, we allow AI to start to synthesize that data. Uh, we audit it, obviously, but then it can start to advise us on different ways, different decisions to be able to make. Because in many cases, you know, labor market information that's out there, we've got information that is is inside the actual system using those those two pieces of information can help us better understand hey we've got openings in x location we can't find anybody well that's because if we take a look at the lmi and we go against our needs they don't exist so what do we do at that point to be able to create talent pipelines either in the same location or flip those over to a location where we can see there's actually a talent pool that's there. So data visualization is incredibly cool because we're just, I mean, a step up from monkeys for God's sakes. So we've got to have <laughs> something we we got to have something
0: easy to look at, right? Yeah, I mean uh ne- neither Chad or I are data scientists. Um Aren't so, you? and and I'm I'm guessing most, one on a podcast. most of the audience members are not data scientists either. I'm going to go out on a limb on that. Yeah. So, you know, taking a risk. Two things two things with data. I mean, um there are, there are a myriad of vendors uh looking to take data, tons of data and help you better make decisions to recruit and better um, justify your existence. I mean, LinkedIn's tool alone. Think about the data they have with with many profiles as they have and know who's moving where and what locations are trending and where people are getting degree. Like LinkedIn has tremendous data. Uh, Companies like Eightfold have gotten, you know, bucket loads of money to try to sort of solve the internal talent intelligence game and and who's most likely to be your next executives and what Mm. track should people be on. So. I'm not going to sit here and say, I know, I know all the answers to data because I certainly don't, but there are vendors and really smart people with a lot of people, a lot of PhDs on staff to try to figure this shit out. Um, I would just do your due diligence for the tools that will will help you. I do think, however, um, data is going to be your best tool to justify your existence to the C-suite. And we get the question all the time, like, how do I convince my, you know, my executives that we're not a cost center, that we're invaluable? Uh, Etc. In most cases, data is gonna it's gonna tell your story as to why you should get more money, why the money you get is justified, and how you can grow the company. Um, (laughs) We got a great interview with Jeff Lackey on the show uh, for people that listen. But Jeff Jeff commented that you know HR, if you don't know how the company makes money (laughs) and where the company's going, it's hard to tell a story as to why you should exist and why you should have a seat at the table. Yeah. And the fact that we're not even to a point where HR folks and recruiters know how we make money and where we're going as a company tells me that we have a long way to go and data is just something there to use. But we got to get through that really short bridge of like, how the hell do we make money? And what's Mm. our vision for the future? Mm. Get there first and the data can come in after.
1: Yeah, and we have to get away from let's put it this way. We have to take time to fill and cost per hire further. Those oh, I was the,
2: just going to say thank you. Those KPIs mean nothing to a board.
1: They they mean nothing to a CEO, they mean nothing yep. to a board, they mean mean nothing to a thank CRO, you. a CR, CMO, none yep. of that. So quit using quit using those stupid yeah. metrics. Yes, they they are a starting point At to be able to get department? to to, to yeah. get you to the actual bottom line numbers that you need to be able to talk about
2: 100 i mean i was just gonna say that was 100 spot on um basically what we're looking at what we've been doing the whole time i mean even in our company we've been looking at marketing metrics for a long time we're looking at like cost per click or you know, cost per conversion or time to hire all those and those are brilliant as a starting point but in order to prove your revenue you know uh, growth basically Mm -hmm. how you you keep building upon the bottom line you have to translate that into the business language so basically turn those short kpis into your actual business case so you're building your business case further to the board and as we were discussing uh, previously chad we're like well you could have your seat but how do you keep it like how do you really make sure you're supposed to be there? So yeah. data is like just a bit vague, but turning those numbers into business uh, OKRs, if you may. I mean that's the that's the whole game changer. So on that subject, I mean, um, well, some would even start like, how do I showcase my revenue growth? How do I support? The bottom line: Where would you guys like? Adv- you know, where where would they start? Like in, in many cases, we could say like without TA, there would be no business. But then again, you wanna you know support that with with the data.
1: Yeah.
0: So you can. uh So again, back to the Jeff Lackey conversation, we talked a lot about net promoter scores, and yeah? there, there's a direct correlation with your net promoter score, <laughs> which you can everyone can Google it. But it's basically how happy your customers are and, and people that use your service mm-hmm. services are a direct high score of that is a direct relation to how much and how successful the company is. Mm -hmm. So that that metric alone can start indicating of like, okay, if we have millions of people coming through our system every year looking for a job and we're not giving them data, you know, information on we've Mm -hmm. got your application, here's why, you know, you were turned down or here's, you know, we're giving them that experience. What does that mean on our net promoter score? And if it it lowers it, it means we're making less money. If our employees give us a low net promoter score. So, I mean, just that one thing, and it's something I think a lot of executives understand, uh, marketing for sure understands it, um, that alone can start telling your story as to why it's important. Because if you have unhappy employees, Mm -hmm. you're going to have unhappy customers, which means you're going to have an unhealthy business. Mm-hmm. Well, and
1: the first thing that TA HR needs to to, to understand is that you know they, they they've actually put themselves in this 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 cost center narrative and, and TA mm-hmm. is the living breathing heart of every organization. Mm-hmm. Nothing gets ideated, nothing gets produced, nothing gets sold, nothing gets serviced and wallet share doesn't increase. Yeah. Without TA bringing talent into the fold, now how do you do that? First off, you have to understand the company's business and how money is made. Then you have to break it down, department by department. You have to understand how what it, what a vital position is for sales and what actually what that costs to have a position open every single day, an mm-hmm. open senior exec position or what have you. Same thing with marketing, uh, product, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when you get into more bottom line talk then you can start to you can start to to have the c suite understand exactly how what you're doing is impacting day to day revenue there's yep. a ceo of a, a small business that actually said currently she has 30 people on staff if she had another 15 she could drive five million dollars more in top line revenue. Now, when a CEO starts thinking like mm-hmm. that, and TA isn't, we know we have a problem. Yeah. Uh, Joel talked about Jeff Lackey, who was at C uh, CVS with over two hundred thousand employees. Ninety percent of his budget, I, I think that's a, a correct stat. Ninety percent of his budget came from other departments. The other departments were internal. Funding sources, because Jeff went to them and said, "Look, where your where are your vital positions? What do you need to fill today? Why are they vital? Let's take a look and see how they actually impact the bottom line. If they don't, then they're then it's not an opening. Then it goes away. It doesn't exist.
2: Mm.
1: At that point, he actually had one of his one of his uh, staff members. I think it might have been a chief of staff. She was actually." responsible for bringing in $10 million to their bottom line budget-wise from other departments. This is all internal funding.
2: Wow. Yeah, right? nice.
1: And then we spoke to Amy Butchko, who is over at uh, SAIC, who has about 180,000 employees. She worked directly with her CRO to budget an entirely new tech stack because what she did was CRO came to her and said, why, why are we having issues filling my top exec roles? My, 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 my revenue drivers yeah. she to the actual application process through a hard 45 minutes. And the CRO okay. said, how much is this going to cost? And she said this, let's do it. Let's do it. So we have to be smarter about building a business case and taking that, those stupid HR metrics that we have further and make them business metrics so that we can get internal funding. But you have to remember, you get internal funding, you got to produce.
2: Right, right. I love the internal funding. That's how you be, you know, become the business strategist of your company. Like that's basically where you level up. I love that. Um, If in this process, like if if anyone ever struggles, like where would you, where would you, you know, recommend them to start? Like who should, are they going to the, you know, the CEO? Where are they starting? Well,
1: it, it depends on the organization and the need, right? So, in, in many cases, one of the, the the biggest, the loudest people in the organization, generally the CRO, because they drive revenue, they're usually full of moxie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have those types of conversations with understanding how, and it's usually easy for them to break down what an open position means for their bottom line because they know what their quota is. They know what their, what what their top line revenue needs to be. Right. So you can start that then also reaching out to uh, again, people in the space like Jeff Lackey, who is is now an advisor who has dealt with this and actually built uh, these types of programs and been really more of like a chief of staff to the CEO when it comes to business operations. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think it's important to start to open up the discussions and all of the departments and understand that their OKRs, um, are going to be different Yep. sales from the, your, you know, your CMO versus your, your product versus, uh, your CFO. But once you understand that, then you can speak the, the business lingo mm-hmm. and you can make it happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, Quick note, Chad is the CRO of the Chad and Cheese podcast, uh, which makes it okay <laughs> for, ask. for him to be an asshole. Um, I, I, I agree with, uh, in terms of sometimes you need a translator, you know, yeah. sometimes the discussions about what do we do? How do we make money? Where's the vision? Where are we going? Sometimes that's out of bounds for a lot of people to have that conversation. Uh, they're, they're uncomfortable conversations to have typically, but if you feel like uh, mentally you're not there, Um, Mm -hmm. having a translator, someone that's been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years that has done HR and done the Mm -hmm. executive and and knows how to talk to all those pieces. Maybe it makes sense to, 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 to write some checks, to get a translator in there that can bring everybody to the table and Mm -hmm. figure out and talk everyone's language and then get, get everyone going in the right direction.
2: I mean, if you're in TA and you're currently a victim of budget costs, you're not approaching the problem from the right angle. Yeah, that's that, a, good that's, where, that's, that's a, a good point. That's a starting
1: point. You're yeah. probably cowering. You're probably in the fetal position in the corner
0: with your thumb in your mouth. That's the problem. We need to stiffen I'm, our spine. Yeah, yeah. which which yeah. is not which is not a road to uh, making yourself invaluable. If you're no, not no, having no, those no. conversations, you have that's to yeah. quit
2: being the victims and take yeah. control and start showcasing business growth. I mean, definitely, mm. that's the same conversation as being tech comfortable. You don't have to be an AI engineer, but you have to come in the game. Otherwise, another TA specialist with the tech comfort will take your place sure. that's basically where we are quoting on quotes so time is tipping i love tipping taking time to slip well. slip
0: slipping oh, away I'm slipping
2: yeah uh, I love this sort of conversations. I just like look at you and I feel butterflies in all parts of my body. I'm so excited. Um, if we're- to, What? To, <laughs> I love this topic. If we're to summarize, like two two of your most important takeaways from this conversation um, and, and with some of the questions, where would you start? Like if anyone supposed to take anything with them from this session, what would that be?
1: Blow up your process. And go further with regard to metrics, go past your HR metrics, go toward business metrics. Those are the two things.
0: I would just say, try to try to take a 30,000 foot view of what you do. We get so involved in the minor details, putting out fires every day. Um, you know, John Lennon has a great quote, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And I would just say, take a second, these big picture items that we've talked about, what do you you know how does your company make money what's the vision for the future having these big conversations that is what's going to drive the ship these little fires that you put out every day before wow. you know it like you're going to wonder where the hell the time went and did we did we achieve anything that we wanted to so my only thing takeaway from this is like take a step back take a breath and look at the big picture
2: mm-hmm mm. Love it. And there's a lot of questions on this topic. I will actually spend some time after this session and going through them all. But we have one here with Mark. He uh, agrees on the metric comments. So he said, I 100% agree with the metric uh, comments. Overcomplicated reports are boring to produce and present. Yes. If you can't present data quickly and simply highlight the key points to your audience, forget about it. This is basically quoting like what we've been touching upon. I mean, this is for, I mean, time to hire is vital. But you have to put it in the context. What is time to hire for your tech department? Well, clearly, does, Mark, does...
0: Mark wasn't oh. hugged a lot as a kid because this isn't even a question. This is <laughs> I want to get on the show. <laughs> I just want to get on the show. I
1: love it, Mark. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate that.
2: We appreciate you, Mark. You should be I mean, on the
1: we show. appreciate that. Yes, yes. No, I mean we 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 definitely need to take it further and we need to understand again, you know, if if that again, time to fill is 60 days. okay, great. Who cares? What does every single day mean to the bottom line? What is the cost? To the bottom line every yeah. single day. That's
0: that is what you are trying to solve for. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what we're trying to solve for. Yeah. I, I will I will say that we we tend to get into trap in life where we think everyone looks at the world uh the way we do. And oh, I would f- just I would just present to Mark that some people love overcomplicated reports. Not some many people love diving into numbers and metrics. And it's in your, your job to know who your audience is, whether that is an audience of a job candidate or an audience of someone in your company and if you find that it's someone that loves data like you better present some data if it's someone like me i want to see pictures and charts and and Infographic. he wants an infographic paint me a big picture of what's going on because i can't get in the new shit know your audience yeah and and realize that not everyone thinks just like you
2: and the context it's presented to Love it. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, presenting to a CFO is
1: much different than presenting to a CTO. Yeah. Quote,
2: quote, quote. Totally
1: different
0: countries. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all the different countries yeah. brilliant actually the time has run out i'm so thankful for having oh. you right on the show i mean you have to come back we have to do all the ta techno stuff that we talked about EDM. we'll see you at breakfast we'll see you anywhere we can potentially i'm moving to the uk and we can do some cool events you know oh. we'll see about that look at that look out for us coming a
0: tease such a,
2: such a tease race. yes so thank you to everyone joining us live and everyone watching this in repeat and uh have a great day and we'll see you soon brilliant late bye bye we out. We out. wow look at you you made it through an entire episode of the chat and chase podcast or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end either way there's no doubt you wish you had that time back Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. Enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey. Or just watch big booty Latinas and bugfights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggle heads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite Western, you can't quit them either. We out. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business.